What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 30 of Beyond the Smokestacks. I'm joined by my co-host, Christian. What's up, Christian? Um, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and Dobby, what's good? Pushing out. <laughs> Pushing the fuck out. Get him out of my club. And we are joined by our first repeat guest on the pod, uh, someone who flew many, many miles to witness the uh, match last night. Uh, UK NYCFC, Andrew Bernard, what's up? Points tally. That is what is not up. Um, yeah, I'm good. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me back again. I'm I'm just so sorry that you flew all this way across the pond to see that shit. And and, and, and I pray for you when you, when you go down to Orlando, man. I, I, I this whole franchise needs Jesus. Yeah. So uh, so and uh, Bar- uh, Barney flew from from England to uh, to come to the to states to watch the Hudson River Derby away. His this was his first away Hudson River Derby at uh at red bull arena um and he was following this up while traveling midweek to orlando to to watch our last home game of this of this stretch away Um, away game away game of this stretch Uh, yeah away game you're right um uh, we pray for you um we we pray that that you get to see at least a decent result uh from the first team during your time here in the states i know that during your previous time in the states you've seen some some pretty good games you've seen campionist cup being lifted um, you saw a home derby with a W. Um, this was kind of, I guess, this is one of your first tastes of uh, of a bad, bad time, bad soccer time while while here. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw us lose to Toronto in the playoffs in 2019 at City Field. Fuck. Um, but I guess I've seen us draw against the Red Bulls in 2018. I was at the the Eloy Amagat game. Oh shit. Um, uh, so, so I've seen us lose, draw, and win against the Bulls now. So. Yay, I think. I don't know. <laughs> Unfortunate. So, for those of you guys who live under a rock, um, we uh, we lost the Hudson River Derby away leg yesterday to uh, to Red Bull New Jersey, 1-0, off of a goal in the second half by Omir Fernandez. And that brings our record in away derbies to two wins, two losses, eight or two wins, two draws, eight losses in MLS play, 11 losses all time. And to put it... Frank, I'm fucking sick of leaving Red Bull Arena with a bad fucking feeling. I, we, we just can't get results in this fucking stadium against this fucking B plus, C minus, whatever the fuck rating you want to give them. They're, they're not a good team right now. And uh, fuck, to lose 1-0 is, is abysmal. Um, this is a, We've been shut out now for the second game, second match in a row um, away. I know. I know. Last night, for any of the NBU listeners who were in the uh, in the Discord uh, post match session, I mean, it definitely got hot, heated. There's a lot of a lot of negativity flowing around the fan base at the moment. Um, most of it is warranted. Um, I mean, I mean, I guess we can go over the lineup. But so, I mean, there were some surprises in the lineup in the in the selection. Everything I'm looking at, it had Ledesma playing the nine with Santi playing next to Parks in midfield. Talis Magno on the left, Pereira on the right, O'Toole at left wing back, Gray at right wing back, and then San, Chino, and, Tala, uh, and Thiago Martins in the three-man back line with Barraza in net. Let's, I guess that's a good place to start. What do we think about the inclusion of Kevin O'Toole and Tavon Gray as the, uh, as the fullbacks? Let's start with Awful. our guest, Barney. 
for me, I didn't I didn't understand that. I was expecting Kufre and Elenik to to play. I feel like they've been really good when they have played. Um, but clearly, someone's not seeing something in them. Um, they were both on the bench, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they were. I think uh, so. Yeah. Uh, just looking, Elenik. I know. I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. They both were. Yeah. So for me, I don't get it because I don't feel like O'Toole brings enough going forward. And I don't really feel like he is a particularly well-minded defensive player either. So I feel like there was too much of a... he He's just an old-fashioned, generic left midfielder. So he's not going to give some threat going forward or defend, as I say. And Gray, Gray terrifies me, personally. So, again, wasn't going to be joyed by watching him play... Like, you want him to do well because he's, like, the Bronx kid, right? So, but, yeah, I didn't I didn't like their positionings or their, their choices. Um, Ledesma, I, I guess I would have picked Ledesma um, over any other choices. It did seem like a, it seemed on paper like a quite an attacking lineup. You've got Ledesma, Magno, Rodriguez, Pereira. Like, it's there's quite a lot of potential attacking flair in there, right? But. Yeah, yeah. Again, nothing's come from it. Christian, what do you think about the fullback selection? Um, I mean, I, I could. I mean, I, I said it on the last pod. I could see a scenario where um, where Gray would get, at least get a, a big, like, would have a big part in this game. Would have a would start at right back and. Uh, you know, make way for a Lennon for a spark up then late in the game. Um, however, I didn't, uh, I don't think anybody saw O'Toole coming into the lineup today. Um, you know, we've, we've seen a bit of O'Toole before, and uh, even though I do think there's a role for him to play in this team as an out-and-out fullback and a fourback, I, I don't uh, I don't particularly rate him. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't really rate Kufre either, but at least Kufre is a little bit more defensively uh uh, sound than O'Toole is. I think it was a poor decision. I think it's poor uh, team selection. Obviously, those are the only two, uh, the only two, you know, major, you know, points of contention I had with the lineup that Cushing decided to to roll out. But at the same time, it, those two positions proved costly because in those white, you know, we, we rely on our fullbacks to give us width in the four three three that we have. Uh, and you're, you're relying on fullbacks to provide you with and provide you creativity from, you know, from, from the flanks, you know, with inverted wingers being deployed, uh, such as Talos Magno and Gabby Pereira, who like to cut in onto their dominant, uh, onto their dominant feet and, uh, and make, and make things happen. So you're relying on those uh, fullbacks to give you width. I wasn't necessarily opposed to Gray getting the start. Once I saw O'Toole was starting, I kind of, uh, groaned a little bit but um uh, I, I mean we'll get into the substitutions later but uh, i'll keep it to the uh i'll keep it to the starting 11 right now uh two major um misclicks by cushing in this one as far as team selection is concerned and those would both be o'toole and gray um but yeah, yeah i uh not 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 a good decision Davi, how do you feel about the uh, full the fullback selection in this match? Awful, absolutely awful. He started the backup fullbacks thinking it, it was 
we were rotating again. Like, you, you should have started Kufre and Elenich. Well, see, now, here, here's the thing, though. In a, in a, do you think, I mean, I know that Elenich's been getting a run of games, a lot of run of games, and Kufre's played every minute at left back, essentially, in, in MLS play. Uh, but do you do you necessarily see, like, a clear-cut starter at right back? Like, do, do you see Gray as the, as the second string? Because he was, I mean, in the beginning of the season, he was trying to be the starter. Gray's Gray, Gray Gray the backup. Gray is the backup. Elenich is that starter. Yeah. Elenich is far, far better. Uh, for our team and our style of play compared to Tavon Gray. I feel like just Tavon Gray with the instructions he gets from Cushing, uh, he just, he's just told to be defensive. Um, he's better off defensively than attacking, uh, as we've seen um, throughout some of the stretches of last season. Uh, I know when, when he first broke into the team in 2021, he was getting high up the pitch a lot. He was playing very well, got an assist in the, uh, in the playoff run uh, on our way to the Cup, which... Um, uh, you know, these cunts uh, will never taste in their lives. Um, so if you need a little bit of joy, just uh, just remember we have the star above their crest, and uh, they don't. Um, but uh, again, it's just like he got he got the lineup wrong. the The lineup was all wrong when it came to the fullbacks. He got we 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 were all in unanimous this uh, like agreement on what the lineup should be coming into the game, and he got. He essentially got ninety-seven percent of it correct, and then like the the three percent were the fullbacks, and, and I I think that that has something to do um, with the way that how we played on uh, O'Toole. He's not he's not an out and out fullback. He he was a winger in college. He's a left midfielder. Um, he's not he's not a fullback. It's simple. I mean, if if you play him uh, in the, in that three back formation that we were running it towards the end of last season, he was actually doing pretty well, and he's He's better off as a wing back, or or a left midfielder than, than he is a fullback. So, uh, again and again, Gray just incredibly average. He's 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 not a, he's not a right back. It's Elenich's spot to lose. Like Elenich is bar down one, like our number one right back. And with the way that we played last night, we just played like absolute dog shit. Like. It's the same bullshit we we've seen the last three games on the road. I I, I said it at the after the Toronto game. If we're gonna play like this for for the the whole stretch of the away games, we're gonna lose every single game. We're gonna play like shit, and we're gonna lose every game. It's just fucking predictable at this point. I I say it every time. Every time we concede on the road first and we go down one nil, we're gonna lose the game. And New England is the only anomaly. I I. I it's, it's 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 just fucking predictable at this point, man. Like, well, like, what else can I say? Like, yeah, I mean, the, st- the the statistics show that we we don't play well from behind. We we are not good at getting back into games. Even when we when we went down one zero, I'm sitting in the stands in my head. I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm like, I don't think we have the capability to fight back in this game. We had to come out and score first. Um, the first 15, 20 minutes of the game, we really really struggled building out the back and handling their energy drink style, high press football. We really, really struggled with it. We could not, we had, we were struggling to build up out the back, connect passes, break down the press. Um, it took us about 20 minutes to like get our footing. It was almost like, like we were drowning and it took like 20 minutes for us to, to finally like get, catch our breath and get air. 
and not just they they, they do the they do the same bullshit. They do the same fucking bullshit every time we go to that stadium and we play them as the away team. They do the same fucking bullshit where they pass around the back, they pass back to the keeper, keeper passes it back to one of his fullbacks or one of his center backs every single fucking time. It's I'm getting sick and tired of it. Stop it. It's not gonna fucking work against this team. We got lucky last year when when Tati scored that that goal, his last goal for the club. That was. We got lucky last year. I was saying it throughout the whole game last year. I was watching it. I'm like, no, we cannot keep doing this because if we keep doing this, like it all it just takes is one bad mistake and they're in. They slot it away. That's 1-0 and they keep getting their fucking goals and we know how the fucking bullshit happens. They get away with so much fucking bullshit. It's unbelievable in that stadium. It, Ted Uncle is the worst fucking ref in the league. He, he lets so much bullshit go in their favor. And then once we finally get the ball in, in, in a good position and he doesn't play advantage, he find, he decides to call it back 15 yards after 15 fucking years after the foul happens, back to the fucking semicircle of the pitch, and then we're forced to restart, and we get called over and over and over and over again. I'm fucking sick and tired of this bullshit. Get it fucking right. Cushion, get the fuck out of my club. You can swim back to Manchester. I don't give a fuck. Like, you, you could give him floaties, and that's it. You could throw his luggage into the Hudson River, and it could stick to the fucking bottom. I'm fucking sick and tired of this bullshit. I fucking hate losing. Jesus Christ, we've lost the last four games in the same fucking matter. It is absolutely unbelievable how this guy still has a fucking job. And we've seen it for for, for, for the past... For, for the second half of the season, I've seen it, and then and then once once the first game came around when we played away in Nashville, the same bullshit happened again that we had we witnessed in fucking July, August, and and like early part of September last year. It's the same bullshit. It keeps occurring every time. He's not a good head coach. I understand he's 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 won six trophies at Man City's women's team. Congratulations, Phil Neville got third place in the women's World Cup, and he's failing with fucking Miami. He just barely made it to the playoffs last season because they had a good run. Other than that, he's been fucking shit at Miami. Like, it, it, uh, like it's it's not me like trying to be sexist or misogynist or whatever. Like it, the women's game and the men's game is just not the same thing. And he's and Cushing, he's not he's just not a someone that could command respect in the locker room. Like it, he's he's lost that locker room. It's 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 quite clear and evident when Chano just flips that flips out at Talos Magno and, Ma, and then. Ma just flips him off on the pitch in the 90th minute of a game. We we're down 1-0. Like, like, shit, shit like that doesn't happen under Ronnie. I'm sorry, but the 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 the, the, the fucking like downfall happened when Ronnie left. The downfall happened when Ronnie left, and when Tati was still here, we were still winning games. And then when and then once Tati left, we were exposed, fully exposed. Can we stop fucking talking about Tati Castellanos and Ronnie Dyla? Like it, it, it's over. It's a bygone era. It's done. It, it's like. It, it, it's time to stop, like, time time to stop, like, like reminiscing, like, on the old days. It's 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 pointless at this point. Well, I, well it, it falls on the front office and the club for not getting the proper uh, reinforcements or the, or the proper replacements for your coach and and, and number nine it, it, and and a few depth pieces here and there because the depth is fucking awful. We're out of our own depth. All right. Well, but I understand Cushing's never had a full team to work with, but that falls on the front office for not getting shit done. Well, so I'm not going to talk about Tati, but here's a statistic that the City Boys shout out to the City Boys podcast. They they tweeted out yesterday. They actually corrected it, so it was incorrect. Um, so the correction is is that since Tati has left, which was ju uh, July of 2022, right? 
Yes. Since Tati has left, NYCFC has, in regular season games and playoff games combined, MLS play, regular season playoffs, NYCFC has only won 10 out of 28 matches since Tati Castellanos has left this club. That is Appalling. 35% of our matches we have won since he's left. And and that's all under Cushing, right? So Cushing has a 35 win percentage. Yeah. It's fucking horrible. Get him out. Get him out. He wouldn't, like, if if this was a big club in Europe, he, he'd be out the door. So, I mean, we talked about in the, in the, in the post-game chat yesterday that there doesn't seem a feasible way that Nick Cushing gets canned before the end of this season. And the reason for that is because they're going to they're they're going to give him a window, a transfer the, the the summer transfer window. By the time the summer transfer window is over, it's almost September. When you're in September, you have like you have like 6 weeks left of the season before the playoffs start. Or even less than that probably. So the earliest you're going to see him let go probably is over the summer. Or uh, not over the summer, um, in the offseason. Um, they're they're going to give him the window in the summer, uh, the, the July transfer window uh, to see what he can get done with. Like, hope, I mean, and but this is all speculation based on us actually bringing in people because there are certain people on, on Twitter that's, that were very adamant that NYCFC was bringing in more players during this past winter transfer window. It didn't happen, didn't come to fruition. It closed. We didn't bring anybody in. Now we're rocking with what we have. And what do we have? No striker, no striker that that's worth it. That's worth its weight in salt. We're left with our dick in our hand. That's yeah. That's it. So simple as that. I mean, maybe we get a striker during the summer transfer window because I mean, Barney can speak more more on it that um, the European uh, seasons will be ending in in the summer. So hopefully we can get, maybe get somebody on a free. Now he also brought Barney. What was that point you brought up earlier today when we were talking about about how we could potentially bring in a free agent who's out of contract before the July first transfer window? Yeah, the, the the transfer window really only applies to when you're signing people from other clubs that are under contract to other clubs. If you you can sign a free agent at any time, so but equally a lot of European clubs, uh, especially English clubs, their contracts only run until first of June. Um, so you you're going to get a lot of players now, like Championship level in England, perhaps maybe League One, if you really want to delve that low, where there'll be players you know, coming out of contract that we can look at if we're looking to get a desperate, quick fix striker, perhaps. You might get some strikers that are perhaps like a championship team that are maybe out of favour, haven't had game time, maybe want to get some fitness over the summer and think, you know what, I'll go play in America for six months, you know, until the end of the year. And maybe, hopefully, they then get seen and get a bigger move. Um so that was, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That would, whilst we've got all the English influence that we do with David Lee, Nick Cushing, etc., it wouldn't shock me if we, we move away a little bit from South American transfers. And even the, we've, we seem to have always done this Eastern European thing, right? With like Hellenic and, um, well, not, not Eastern European, but European as a whole, like Tinnerhome. We've gone for players that were maybe like unheard of playing in, maybe like Europa Conference level, league level, you know, signings to maybe save some money. Um, so perhaps, you know, we can just look at some different talents in different places. When you said championship, I thought of Kucho Hernandez, the Columbus crew. That's, that's one of the perfect examples from championship to MLS. 
Yeah, you've got you've got some big teams that are um, like Reading in the Championship have been relegated, but they've actually got a really decent squad. Like they, they got relegated because they had a points deduction, and half the players weren't being paid. I think. Um, the, are they in administration? Uh, I don't think they're in administration. No, but they um, they've been relegated, so there's there's gonna be players there that wouldn't want to go down to League One, um, that could you know want to move away. Um, Wigan as well. Wigan have been relegated too, and they they've got some really big players in their team. So who knows? Just just ideas, just thoughts that I th- the way I think. If I was an English guy working in a club in America, I'd think right. Where can I where can I get a quick fix from at this point when the the window doesn't open for another month and a half? I'm stuck with the shit for another month and a half. I tell you that, and I I I. I guarantee you as soon as we come back home when we face philly everything's gonna be okay like everything okay i'll put air quotes on it okay where we probably get seven points out of the out of the next three home games seven out of nine and then we go back on the road against rsl and we just capitulate and we lose and then we'll come back at home against columbus we'll get a win and then we'll just lose the next the next the next two away games and then we'll finally get our first road win on july 1st against Montreal that's that that's just the city way at this point under Nick Cushing like we're just gonna once we get back home we've seen it we've seen it last September once we get back home we we know how to we know how to play very well there because of because of the baseball field because of the tight dimensions and because the fans have our back but the if you're a fan you're going back to city field for the game get behind the players fuck this coach like don't like just get behind the players. Just support the lads. Don't even like, like Cushing. He can, he could fuck off for all I care about. Well, so speaking more upon the 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 fan support. So two out of the four of the people in this current um, episode were sat in the away supporter section at Red Bull Arena. I want Barney and Christian to speak about the atmosphere and their opinions on on how our away support was yesterday. I mean, I, I mean, you, you have to call out people when you feel that, that they're not living up to the standard of ex- expectations for away support. Um, I know I was sitting close to the supporters. I, I was, I was at about the midfield line with it shifted a little bit more towards our support section, but I want you guys to speak a little bit about, about what was going on in the support section. Why it, at times it seemed to be very, very quiet over there. This was before they scored as well. Who wants to take Yeah. I mean, I, from 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 my side, it, I was a little bit disappointed with the lack of atmosphere. I think all the fans were quite spread out. They let everyone sit around like the section in front, which I don't think they'd sold tickets for, and and the section either side to the the, the supposed designated away end. Um, and it just didn't encourage like a good atmosphere. Um, I think a lot, but I think but it, at the same time, as much as that could be an excuse. I think it just summarizes that the lack of passion in the fans at the moment, because they're just probably a lot of people went there and realistically expected us to fall over and, and give away three points yesterday. Irrelevant of the, the big game vibe and the derby, you know, it's we're playing like a relegation team, you know, we're playing like our form has fallen off a cliff. You can blame the away thing, but it's you shouldn't it shouldn't matter. In my opinion, these are professional footballers. It shouldn't matter where they play. It's not like they were born in the Bronx, these guys. So, you know, wherever they play, they're having to travel. So what does it matter where we're playing? Um, 
yeah, for me it was a, a bit disappointing, a bit flat. Um, at the height of my um, alcohol-induced excitement, I was running around trying to stoke up the fans. There's a Spanish word for like you know the guys that like face the crowd rather than the game and sort of capo, um, capo, capo, capo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like leaning over like one of the barriers at the front trying to you know uh, get it all going, but. It worked for like two minutes, <laughs> and then I was, I was like, I want to watch the game. I'm not here to do this. Um, so, yeah. yeah, no. So here's the thing: what I'll say about the supporters, like like, like our support, our away support, uh, pre-game uh, before we even got into the stadium, amazing. Uh, and once we first got into the stadium too, um, during especially like uh, before both teams took the pitch, um, uh. You know, and during the uh, the national anthem, when we uh, did our like little trade backs, when uh, we shouted stars back at them, when they said red, um, very. Uh, I, I looked back and uh, looked to my boy, and I'm just like, uh, this is fucking special. This feels awesome right now. The vibes is, are amazing, and uh, almost feels like we're the home team. Uh, and I'm not going to blame the supporters because, uh, yeah, there were times where we got quiet, but. I, I th- this team plays just such uninspiring football that just drains you. It, it, it's a draining experience watching this team play right now. It's a it, it really it really sucks you out. There was like a few people who like were trying, you know, to to get it going. Um, however, um, uh, it just most fans were just like like like, like we're just we're tired, man. We're we're, we're tired. We're tired of. Oh, excuse me. We're tired of watching this. Uh, I'm hungover like a bitch right now. So if I uh, if I uh, sound lethargic, it's because I am. Uh, it, it's it, it's not a uh, the way we're playing right now, especially the way we attack right now, just doesn't like really inspire anything in me to like get fired up about anything. Um, and uh, and once the goal came in, it was kind of just like that, kind of just like a gut punch. Um, but yeah, no, just, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy, uh, that I got to spend the day, you know, the, the evening with my people and, uh, you know, so, you know, no, no regrets. Um, and I can't, I can't blame everybody for getting quiet. Honestly, you know, we, we can say that like, it's like Barney said, it's not like, you know, outside of tape on gray, it's not like any of these players are born inside the Bronx. It's not like any, any of them like have any, like, Home, like, 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 aren't playing in front of their friends and family every, every, uh, you know, night in, night out. So, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna abstain from uh, giving the supporters any shit whatsoever, and and put the blame on the team for just not inspiring any confidence, and uh, not, you know, not not giving us anything to cheer for. You know, like we we can only sing so many songs for so long before uh, eventually we just become we for the frustration sets in so yeah what what did you guys think of so the red bulls uh i don't know if they if they organized this but they brought in uh they brought in brett burt or burt kershire burt crusher who he's a he's a celebrity uh he has like a million followers on twitter he's uh he's known for he's just like uh I mean, he's not like like he's known in like reels and stuff, 
Um, oh, he's a he's a bad comedian. Yeah, okay. yeah, kind of like that shit. He's like a, he has a beard. He's a heavyset guy. He has a movie coming out, but he he showed up in the supporters section. It was like banging on the drums. They had it on the on they had it on the big screen. But it's just like obviously, I think that um, I think Red Bulls are overcompensating for uh, for I guess having like no no supporters for the last couple matches because of what happened with Dante Vanzier. Um, but I mean, I guess I, w- I want to get more into about so when you have DPS on your team, the expectation is is that those DPS are going to kind of carry you, right? So if you look at if you look at our DPs, our DPs, our current DPs in the roster, I believe are Tiago Martins, Santiago Rodriguez, and Talos Magno. Are those are those are three. Yep. All right. So if you uh, so if, if we call those guys out and 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 talk about their performance in this game, because typically, typically, um, if if you like if you have these DPs, you, like you, your your expectations are that they're gonna in big games are they're gonna step up. Like and this is this is a big game. It's a Hudson River Derby, um, and regardless of, of what happens in the season, I think if you ask anybody, they want to win, they want to win both of these games. Especially now that they created some little trophy that's being handed out in September after the second one. Like you guys want to win trophies. You you want to bragging rights over your city. Like this is this is kind of bullshit that we're having a much better season than Red Bulls are. They're in, they're in the they're in the gutter. They're they're fucking they're they're but they're not good this year. Um, and on top of that, they have like and, seven. And now, and now we're three points separated now. And now they have they have seven players injured, which and a lot of them are are their better players. They trot out this lineup with like with Tom Barlow as their striker, and they find a way to get a goal. Like I mean, Santi his pa- his passing in the first half was absolutely shit. Um, Tiago Martins, he didn't do anything wrong, but he didn't do anything great. He carried the ball well at times, so he wasn't really under a whole lot of pressure. Um, his speed is definitely like his by far his biggest asset is his speed because he he hawked down somebody who was played a nice ball in and he just opened up that big because he's like over six foot tall, so he opened up that big stride and hawked some dude um, down to stop to stop a counter attack, which is a really good play. But I mean, like I said, that's just because he's fast. Um, and then Talis, Talis is like. <sighs> Just a bitch. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, can, can can listen. I know you guys are pro Chanel. I thought Chanel looked like absolute shit last night. Oh no, night. no, no, I agree. No, Chanel, his uh, first half was appalling. It was bad. Can I? Can I? Um, I was to you know, I, I, I don't want to. I, I want him to retire. I I, I don't want to jump ahead or anything like that. But um, you know, in the post uh, post game Discord discussion that we were having, uh, you know, the usual suspects were there: Buckley, GL. Myself, Doggy, Joe, you uh, even graced us with your presence at one point. I know you're too good for us Discord peasants sometimes, but uh, you, you you graced us. Um, I was uh, talking about um, you know like where I would even go with this team, like from here on out, and I proposed a, a wholesale. Uh, well, I mean, I think we all kind of did. We all kind of produ- uh, you know proposed the wholesale uh, systematic change, and uh, Maxim Chanel didn't make my starting eleven. Uh, he didn't. I think he's. I think he's lost a step. I don't think he gels with this with this new team at all. Um, I don't even. I don't even look. I don't even rate him much as a leader, personally. I don't. I. I just. I just don't. Not anymore. I, not with this squad of players. 
Uh, I don't. I just. I think he's missing a lot of the dynamics to connect with a lot of the younger players, especially the ones from South America. And uh, yeah, no, I just. I I I, I struggle to. Um, I I proposed a three four three, and I actually had Tony Alfaro starting over. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna ask, didn't you propose a three back to change it back, and you just I think you put Tavon Gray like uh, Tavon Gray is the right center back or something like that, and put Tiago Martins in the middle, okay, and then yep. I put Tony Alfaro out left. And uh, I I also um. The goal that Barraza gave up was just so poor um, and just so soft. I like think free saves it. I think anybody with who doesn't have fucking two left feet saves it. Um, I think I would save that. I'm five ten. Um, yeah, no, I just uh, not not just just. I I mean, a lot of our problems can be boiled down to what we do in the final third. And how we don't seem to have a fucking clue. Uh, and uh, listen, we've seen Santi on his day and, uh, and and what he can do. We've seen Talos on his day and what he can do. We've seen Gabby Pereira on, uh, on his day and what and what he can do. You know, we've seen Ledesma on his day uh, and what he can do. Had, had and, GP shot in the first half gone in. And to make those four players look fucking absolutely confused. And... Uh, it's just unacceptable, in my opinion. There's a lot of a talent on this team. You can say, "Oh, we don't have a, you know, a striker. We don't have this. We don't have that." There's enough talent on that in that attack to push past John Tolkien's fucking mid ass. Um, th- th- there's there, there's there's more than enough talent to produce goals or at least produce big chances. And last night we just weren't producing them. And I, uh, yeah, th- that comes down to coaching. And uh, I already said it. You know, after the last pod, if we lose this game, there's no excuse for losing this game. Uh, the Red Bull prodded out what is essentially their MLS Next Pro team in this one. And we looked toothless and we looked like we didn't have an answer for them. And I'm I'm sorry. I just like <laughs> this is a game that I, I don't have anything to really say about this one other than it should have been a win. And I'm not really fucking happy about the result and i'm not happy about how pushing has managed this team and i mentioned it last night i'm fucking offended that Tavon gray and micha illinich are friends that offends me as somebody like i'm sorry i i remember the ronnie era goody terrarenson and melda amundsen never fucking hung out with one another they were never seen hanging out together they were never seen buddy buddy uh uh, you can say that Abear was still very supportive of Tati after he lost his job, but look at Abear's fucking performance post-injury and pre-injury. Uh, I don't. I think. I, th- I think it's obvious from looking at the way Tavon plays now versus how he played uh, before that. Nick Cushing has tried to, has tried to institute this. We all fight for each other kind of thing into our team but well, like, I feel like he's I feel like he's uh, lost uh, I, I feel like the team has lost that uh, I want to be better than the guy that's behind me kind of mentality I, I think uh, he's made uh, I think he's turned Tavon Gray into a subordinate which has allowed Mitya Ilinich to eclipse him in the lineup and has also uh, that definitely had a, a 
a bad effect on Tavon Gray's performance. Um, the fact that uh, O'Toole is featuring as an out-and-out fullback over Brianne Kufre, who at least is a real fullback, is just it's just not it. And the fact that we look toothless in the attack with as much talent as you can ask for in the attack, even if you don't have a pure striker, it's just it's damning on Cushing. And I, I don't even I can't even like I can't even espouse like a fucking coherent point right now. This game just has my fucking mind scrambled. It, like like I, this is quite literally snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. The fact that we were able to pound away to lose this game, just and in the manner that we did, seventy almost seventy percent to thirty percent possession in our favor, and we generated two less shots total and three less shots on target. Only one on target, mind you. Uh, the entire game just. Is that, the, is that the epitome of possession without uh, production? It's the, it's the epitome of not having a fucking... It's not necessarily the epitome of uh, of possession with, that, with you know, like, without, like, intent. It's it's the epitome of nobody knowing what the fuck to do. I think that we're good at holding, maintaining possession. I do value possession play. It's just, you have to have an idea of what to do. Like, once we got past half field, it was kind of just, it looked like everybody was kind of just winging it. There was like like as far as like off ball runs, as far as the passes that we were picking out, crosses into the box, delivery into the box, shots that we were taking. It was us just trying to. It was us reacting to the play as opposed to us thinking one or two or three steps ahead of the play. Uh, like there's just no one two passing. I'm sorry, this game could have definitely called for some fancy back heel passes between Talis Magno and Santi Rodriguez to break apart a fucking pretty uh, average at best defense. And, and just find those one-twos into the area and then generate a good shot. I don't remember, I don't recall a single time where Coronel was forced into action outside of one over-the-top ball early in the game where he kind of had to parry it late uh, out of the path of uh, Talis Magno. Um, but like even like there was a play, I, I recall, again, where Talis Magno received the ball, kind of got around Coronel, but wasn't in a position where he could take a shot, so he was looking for Santi at the edge of the, at the, edge of the area. And they weren't on the same wavelength at all. And like, uh, Talos put a pass. It's like, and he kind of like put his arms up. He's like, I'm expecting you to be there. And you're over there. Uh, instead you're running past, uh, you know, where I want you to receive the ball, you know, to take a shot. And yeah, I just, all right. So I think the, the biggest, and it's, this is really a, really a startling indictment on our attack on the day. So our two biggest moments came from Gabriel Pereira's shot that dinked off the post, um, dinked off the outer side of the post and just went out for a, a, a goal kick. Um, if that ball goes in, it changes the complexion of this game. But, I mean, you can't live your life on ifs. It, it didn't, and we have to move on. Uh, and then the next, the, uh, another big moment in the match was in the 38th minute when Tallis was driving on the left side into the 18-yard box. And decided to hit a ball on his own, a shot, um, which was ended up being just a slow routine dribbler to the goalkeeper. Um, when he had two runners um, in the middle and the far side of the field, uh, Santiago Rodriguez was the far runner. Um, in that situation, you, uh, I guess a more savvy, less selfish player who's looking to uh, propel the team to victory rather than b- uh, boost their stats um, might play that ball into their teammate and play them in to secure uh, the goal when in reality his shot was 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 so utterly poor 
Um, it was like it, it was it was just a routine, simple, very simple save. Posed no threat to Carlos Carnell whatsoever. Um, what did you guys? How do you guys feel about about Talis's play in this game? He's he just never he, he just can't kick a ball with pace and power. I'm just I, I I'm convinced that he's just allergic to kicking the ball with pace and power. Like I feel like it almost hurts him physically to do it. I, I it, he he thinks he's Ronaldinho. He thinks he's Neymar. He thinks he has these five star skills. He's just fucking around in FIFA in the fucking practice arena, doing rainbow flicks and all this fancy bullshit. A and one mixtape, hoping to go viral. So it's some. European big club can just spend money on him and, and he can go fucking wank off in whatever fucking part of Europe saying he fucking made it. It pisses me off, man. He like we know we know the ceiling this kid has. We know what this kid can become. It's just he's not doing the the things that are necessary for him to really excel for him to excel or him to like really kind of launch himself um and say to these, uh, to everybody around the world, hey, like I'm here, like I can, like I'm here to, you know, play football. I mean business. Like I can do all this. I'm, you know, showing why he's he was a highly touted wonder kid before COVID. But he he just does whatever the fuck he wants, pretty much. So Barney, Barney, he really shows. Barney, do you want to share the conversation we had at the soccer store uh, prior to going to the match? Um, this is with the, the 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 dude that just referred to him as like the flare guy. So and so we went to a soccer store to get um, a badge put on of uh, Barney's uh, authentic Volt kit, and we were talking to the uh, the workers there about oh hey there's like there's a big match tonight it's the Hudson River Derby, um, and then the one worker uh, he was like oh you, uh, Barney you take it away and tell the story what what did the one worker say yeah. Uh... Do you know? Do you know what you are you gonna have to tell it? I can't. I can't. I can't remember what, how it even came about. So the, I just remember that the only player he said that the only player that he knew he was like, oh the dude with the afro uh, that does all the flicks and flair or something like that. Yeah. So he was talking. He was. He was somebody like, oh yeah, you guys had that one player with with the the, the, the Brazilian with the with the with the poofy hair, and we're like, oh yeah, it's Talos Magno. He's like, oh yeah, that, that that guy that kid that guy plays different. Like he's a, he's a different different kind of player, um, and that, and that kind of just. Uh, speaks to the, that like we've went over it multiple times that like talos is out there playing for himself trying to trying to accumulate highlights to put into a highlight package to get noticed by someone in a, in a bigger league um it's almost like whenever he's playing soccer he thinks he's just playing like pickup soccer and he wants to embarrass all the defenders and that and with that being his ultimate goal rather than his ultimate goal putting the ball in the net and making his team win he's not a team first player he's a me first player he wants to get his skills and tricks on on tape rather than having new york city football club do well and i and nothing speaks to that more than at the very end of the game at 90 plus six he's at the midfield line cornered by the midfield line and the sideline and he's over there shielding the ball and then trying to meg fucking defenders when we're down a goal in 90 plus 6 with three extra minutes of stoppage time left. What the fuck are you doing? Put the ball forward. Let's try to go score a goal. Stop trying to meg guys at the fucking midfield line. Why are we, why are we scapegoating fucking Talos Magno as like the, like the fucking reason why we Because he's our DP. Like... He gets a fat fucking paycheck every week. He's on one of the highest wages on this club. He's supposed to put the we, team we have, on his back and help have, us win these matches. We have two other GPs on our One team. of them's a fucking center back. And, and the other one plays where? 
I don't even know anymore. I don't even know. Is he, is he a nine? Is, nine he, is he a 10? Is eight? he a winger? What the fuck is he? He's positionless. What, what has he done? Nothing, but he's not out here trying to fucking do skills and tricks and shit at the fucking midfield line at 90 plus six. That's all I know. I mean, Mo, I mean, maybe you don't put Kevin O'Toole on his side then. Maybe that's something that you don't fucking do yeah, so I that he has that, to yeah. hold up play. So that he has to hold up play. Because I, re I recall the play that you're talking about. Where the fuck are his options? Where does he? Oh, what does he have to pass to? What does he? What does he got to do? Stand there. No, personally, I, I I agree with the. I I don't like his style of play. I think he is playing for himself. I'm not um, not saying that he's playing good. I'm just saying like, like I I just don't think like scape. I, I think where I think we're getting into some scapegoating right now, and it, it just like I feel I feel like Joe in particular has always kind of had a bend oh, like against him like specifically. Despite the fact that, like, when the system is working in his favor and working through Talos Magno in the past, and, and he has someone to actually, of quality, to actually link up with, he's been fairly productive. So you're talking about last Probably. season with Tati Castellanos, because since Tati's gone, he's done nothing. Well, since Tati, well, since Tati's gone, I don't know that the idea in the front office and amongst the coaching staff is that this guy is a nine, when there's no data to suggest that he's ever been a consistent goal scorer. Whose fucking fault is that? You're going to blame him for that? He's still, uh, he he's still a soccer player that. on incredibly high wages. He's expected to produce. And his three goals oh, okay. that he scored this so, season have come from four inches off the fucking goal line. So, so because he's uh, a high, a highly paid player, uh, you expect him to translate into a position that is a isn't highly paid attacking player. I expect him to attack and score and produce goal okay. plus assists. Okay, so is Tiago Martins. Do you want to throw him he's at the nine? He's a See center back. He's not an attacking yeah, yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, and Talos Magno's a fucking winger. But he's, he's not still a striker an attacking either. player. That's that's two different roles. Not every attacking player scores fucking goals, Joe. That's not fucking every attacking we don't, player's job. You don't job. sign DPs to get to play winger to just fucking go out there and not produce. But, oh my god. So, so okay, so you want Talos Magno to be a goal scorer? He wasn't a goal scorer before he came here. He wasn't a goal scorer for Vasco. You don't shell out DP wait, 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 wait. for a guy. And he doesn't like he gets a lot of assists. I mean, I mean, Maxi Morales was never a fucking, like, big goal scorer. He was a DP for years. Yeah, he got tons of assists. I mean, yeah, he created 20 assists a season. And I'm with Joe on this that, you know, you, if you're going to have a player of Talos's supposed quality and expense, you need to see something from it. And to, to go with your point, Christian, I actually think you do see some from Martins. I think he's... He's elevated himself from probably our worst centre back maybe a year or so ago to potentially now the best centre back. I'm not got. he's our best I, at the club. That that wasn't yeah. my that wasn't the point I was making with Tiago Martins. Everybody here can attest to the fact that I think Tiago Martins is head and shoulders our best defender, and it's not even okay. close. The drop off cool. between him and Chanel is fucking massive. What yeah. my issue was is that. Joe is saying that because he's highly paid and on a DP contract, that he that goal scoring should just come naturally. He didn't to him. Say that. Goal he production. Didn't say that. That's exactly what he's implying. Exactly what he's implying. He said production. It's no production. Production. That means produced, like creating. But goals. produced with who? Who in this attack is producing outside of Gabi Pereira? Who? You got Santi, Gabi. You got Keaton what? when he's on his day. Like we're, he, we're, he, we're playing like with. Sorry, we're playing like false nines we're playing like false strikers where whoever's in that holding role like the way Fotmob even was looking at the lineup last night it thought Ledesma was playing up top like because they all 
it, it almost at times like you wondered who even was playing where because they're all just such attacking minded players that they're like roaming around but at times they're roaming so much that it looks like they don't have a clue what to do with each other because they just it's like they don't click they don't get on they don't work well together and to go back to the original point like talus is out there for himself trying to create highlight reels for instagram that just that's not gonna work with a team like that's there's you know fans and, and other players see through that and you can see like the we, we mentioned it yesterday joe the, the the game a couple of weeks ago where Talas was out doing flair on the right wing and then uh, was it Elenic or Kufre I can't remember just like stepped in and crossed the ball and we scored like it, like if it wasn't for them we wouldn't have scored because Magnus was too busy. That's, to that's, that's one less win on the season I tell you that. So yeah, uh, I I'm gonna say something that you guys probably won't agree with me, but it's not unbelieving. If it's dumb, I'm leaving. All right, fine. You can go ahead and leave. Why? I don't give a shit. I'll leave if it's dumb. If, if I, I I give Talis up until July, if he doesn't perform, get him get him the fuck out yeah, of the club. Yeah, I'm fine with that because players can be coached, and this is and this is where this is where you play your people like your Nick Cushing's and the other coaches in the team. They need to coach this guy. You know, we've got a World Cup winning Brazilian coach. If there is one kind of man that should be able to say to him, you know, put an arm around the shoulder, the kind of the senior figure to say, look, I remember when I was young, I remember when I was trying to be flary and, you know, maybe you just need to like, you know, tone that down a notch or two and actually think positively for the team. That's that feels like what should be happening. That's Cleverson's job. That's why that's why I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, if, if, oh man, I, this might be a bit too ahead, but if we, oh, I hope, I hope if we go to Orlando and lose, I hope we get fucking smacked. I hope we lose by five or four, so we can get this fucking clown out of this club. I genuinely fucking cushion get out of my club. Get you can get cushion right, right. Magno for, out of the for club. For the record, that Davi stands alone in that opinion. I never want my team to go and lose and get killed like that. That hurts my heart. Like I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to lose. Me neither. I don't. I don't that's want dumb. to. But if we're gonna lose, if we're Lose badly so Cushing can get the fuck out of here. Well, as someone who was at the Red Wedding, as someone who was at the Red Wedding and had to sit through 7 0, I never, ever, 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 ever want to experience anything like that or even close to it ever again in the rest of my fandom and the rest of the time that I'm breathing on this planet. I never want to experience that again. It fucking sucked. It was awful. And I don't wish it upon any of the, any of, any of my clubs that I support. It's, it sucked. It was awful. I don't want to experience that. So to to say you want to get dunked on, I do not like. No, I I still rather lose one zero. I would never ever rather lose three four five six seven zero. Never in a thousand years ever. And even if it meant even even if it meant getting rid of a coach I don't necessarily like, I I still do not want to. I I don't wish that loss on myself. I want I want Cushing out of here. That's the first domino in rebuilding this team, and you know, essentially, I don't know. Hopefully. To, to, to a better fucking system or whatever. I don't know. Like just just get Cushing out of here. He commands no respect in the locker room. He's so can I um can he, I just he, like he, maybe throw in a diversion to try and make <laughs> the chat a bit more positive? Yeah. There's, there's no chance, but I, I, I welcome a, an attempt. <laughs> um okay, so if I if I if you had something like this lined up, Joe, sorry, I'm just thinking I just did some Googling while we were talking off the back of what we said earlier about like, you know, transfers and free agents and things. Two big names that I think 
one was linked with MLS before, and I'm pretty sure was linked with us before. Um, Daniel Sturridge. He is a free agent without a club right now. He's only 33, so he's not like prime retirement age. Um, admittedly, the last time he played with a club was July last year, but doesn't mean he can't play. Um, and another name who is out, has been out of contract since January only is Dom Dwyer. A man with a lot of MLS experience, not the I, best player in the world. But I'm just I throwing one Joe's been calling for for a while. I now. think I'd I think I'd much rather somersault into concrete than ever watch Dom Dwyer fucking wear blue in my life. He is <laughs> not a good player. I understand. I understand Christian's sentiment around that, but if you look around the league, we have guys like CJ Sapong, Teal Bunbury. Mm-hmm. See, see, these aren't these are players who are both past it. These aren't players that would be a bolster to our team. But they're scoring guys goals are, in MLS yeah. right now. Oh, okay, they're scoring. Okay, they're scoring goals. So, so, we haven't scored a goal in two games. How many goals has CJ Sapong scored this season? One, maybe two. Oh, well, he got traded, but he, he, I mean, I'm not sure if he scored for Toronto. How many goals has he scored for both teams? How many does he score with both teams? I'd wager to say that Santi Rodriguez has more goals than he does. I'd actually be willing to guarantee it. But also, bringing in someone on the cheap who actually knows how to play the nine would would solve a lot of problems. Would it? What about what about keeping a bear? Would that have solved a lot of problems? No, because he doesn't. He doesn't fit. I mean, he he's he's a bear's time. Yeah, he doesn't fit the system. Correct. That's the right. That's the right answer. Because he doesn't press. He doesn't play defense. <laughs> no, but Those at least they're good. They're better than Abear. Abear's not good. Oh my god. Abear scored how many goals in 2019? Yeah, pre ACL. Oh 15. 15. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, pre ACL. And also pre 34. Uh, Theo Bunbury might have been a useful fucking piece to have. But Theo Burnberry, I don't even. Is he even a starter? No, he's a bench guy. I, 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 yeah. No, he's, a, he's a sub reason for that because he's not what he once was you're you're fucking you're, you're, ad, we're not you're looking for a long-term three to four year fix right now we're looking for a temporary band-aid to stop the bleeding and you and you have that and suggest that cj sapong or teal bunbury would stop the bleeding any more so than the guys that we have now teal bunbury has only started eight games this season so far so um to go back to the Dom Dwyer suggestion, he scored 86 goals in 229 games. That's not a bad return. It's not amazing, but I mean, that's better than pretty much most of the players that we've tried to play as a striker this season. I mean, I think the biggest fucking letdown was uh, NYCFC not getting in for Denny Bowanga last summer when he was put oh. on the shop window. Yeah. That was a bad decision. Uh, CJ Sapong and Teal Bunbury are both fucking average, mid, past it fucking players who I don't want, and I would never even, t- I wouldn't even take them over anybody that we have right now. There's, n- there's not a single player who I think that they would be an obvious upgrade over. Uh, and also, you're, you want to talk about bad fits for a team? There's a reason. I've mentioned this on the pod before. There's a reason why fucking MLS teams outside of ours always seem to always like vary greatly in their performances and everything. It's because the the philosophy from one coach to another is always going to be vastly different, and the personnel required to have like like to have players that can like 
fit fit that system. Like, like it, it's not always going to be there. NYCFC has had a consistent identity since at least the, the since since Vieira took over, and 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 th- there's certain players who can play that system. There's certain players that can't can't play that system. And there's a reason why this team doesn't do a lot of interleague deals. Because I hate to say it, and I know Joe's gonna fucking flip out when I say this. The MLS is not a good league. It's not. And the players that it typically produces are average at best and won't fit into a system like that because all they know how to do is run and how to basically just press. That's basically all you do. We really don't do either, nor have we ever done either outside of the Christ era. And we all remember how bad the Christ era was with MLS lifers like Chris Winger and Ned Grabovoy. You can't hate MLS. You can't. I do. You can't. We, that's a league we play in. That's our domestic league. You can't hate the league we play I like in. My, I like my team. Do you know how many We play in the MLS. How if many you hate MLS, you hate NYCFC. If you hate NYCFC, no. you hate MLS. If you hate... It's no. synonymous. We're in MLS. That's our league. Get over it. It's uh, our league. Are, are, are you telling somebody in, ni- in like 1989, oh, if you hate the football league, you also hate Manchester United? Like, no, are but you, that's like, the are league we play in. We only play in like five games outside yeah, of MLS. The the, so the, you're only going to like those too. games? That was the league they were playing in too. That, there's and, no there's promotion relegation. Wild. There's nowhere else to go. We're in MLS. Get over it. Like yes, MLS because we're in MLS. situation because it's a shit league with shit players. It, but I'm that's the league we play it. in. We're never going to change. It's never, ever, ever, ever going to change. We're always going to be in MLS. Answer me this: Why don't we ever do interleague deals? Be, for, because, Why? Because the because the the, the front office is they're pompous. The, because they're pompous. Yes, they're a bunch of pompous fucks uh, who don't do any interleague deals. Everybody else I mean, has interleague deals it. and it benefits them. We do no interleague, deals, interleague deals and it's spiteful. Before. We've done interleague deals before. How have they turned out? Do you want to go through the list? What? So you're going to bring up all the 2015 shit? That's what you're going to bring up. No, no, like Eric Miller was a recent one. Death. He wasn't very, he was very good. He wasn't a uh, Matthias Pellegrini, you know, like the, the, we don't really have a good fucking track record to suggest that interleague, well, willingness to do interleague deals would solve our problems. I'm not saying to load up on, 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 on but like it's pretty appalling that we've, that we've had to go almost a full year after getting rid of our striker and we haven't done anything to even attempt to ratify and fix the situation. Like, I realize I they, 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 tr- they tried to, they tried Talisman at the nine. It didn't work. All right. They're trying Santi at the nine. It's not really working. They might try Ledesma next. They might, they're, they're going to keep trying whoever's on the roster, but how, I, how hard right. would it be to just do, do a deal and for like a little bit of Tam or Gam and bring in somebody who actually knows how to play the nine position. Okay, but your suggestions were Teal Bunbury and CJ Sapon. No, I mean, that, I'm disagree. not saying bring those guys in, but I'm saying those guys are old guys, old guys who are still playing in this league and are still getting it done. I, I also recall you like advocating for Kai Kamara at one point. Like, yeah, three he seasons. has four like, goals in no. 500 minutes. So, I mean, he could have came that, in and, and did it. That's a dude. That's a dude that's played for a third of the league and scored for every single team. He has as many goals yeah, as Santi Rodriguez this year. Yeah, but do you all think that there's a problem with the fact that he always is on a different team every other year? You don't think he's a fucking locker room cancer who would completely clash with everybody in the fucking locker room and no, make an absolute all, all, all we need him for is six months Yeah, once again, it's, it's a short-term okay. thing. And, and, then, we, and then we get... And then we okay, get a striker, uh, a proper striker, and then we can let him go. Okay, Davi, then I hope the club, like, if, if in the case they ever hired Kai Kamara, I hope that they reach out to you so you can talk to all the players in the locker room and say, this guy's just for a year, guys. Just deal with him. 
and see how that goes over. I wish you the best. Well, first and foremost, I want to talk to them in a fucking nice tone. I would be fucking yelling at them. I'd, I'd, I'd be fucking pissed. Completely. I, 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 I definitely put put in some fucking anger into that on like fucking Cushing Water food. This guy is just like, oh, it's all right, lads. It's all right. We played well. We lost by our goal. Just have a beer. Forget about it. Fuck off. That is one of the worst <laughs> mank accents I've ever heard in my life. What that was that. That wasn't too bad. It was a good. It wasn't. I was impressed by that. I mean, Kush, Christian's just hung over like a bitch. So I mean, any any's quite upset. No, I'm just tired of fucking stuff. hearing the same fucking arguments from this fucking podcast week in and week out about oh, if only we did this. If only we did this. Well, we fucking didn't. So now what? Like 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 like, like, like it just. I, I'm fucking tired of talking the walls. Like like I'm just it, like uh, yes. I'm I'm not happy about my hangover at all. No, that's definitely not my favorite thing about today. But there's plenty of just other things. I'm just like, like, like it's getting repetitive at this point. We talk about the same shit. Even when we fucking win, we talk about the same shit. And it's just like, like you can boil that down to our team hasn't really been doing like much. But at the same time, it's also like, like fucking Till Bunbury and fucking CJ Sapong. If I ever hear those names again, I'm going. Uh, I'm retiring. Like, like I don't ever want to hear those names again. They've done nothing. Like it just—they're way past their fucking prime. They wouldn't do anything to bolster this squad. They wouldn't add nothing. They'd add nothing, and I don't want to hear that. This team needs a fucking big transfer window, and it needs a new coach. And you know what? There's two coaches in particular that have had fucking success in MLS that are currently available and currently looking for jobs, and those are Tata Martino. And I wouldn't even be opposed to bringing back Dome Torrent now that Claudio Reyna is firmly out of the picture. Because it's not like he was opposed to working in MLS. He he, he he was still listening to MLS jobs. I mean, MLS job never materialized, and he wound up going to Flamengo in Brazil. His issue... He was also linked with Toronto at some point. His issue was with Claudio Reyna. Claudio Reyna is no longer here. Talk to him. See if he knows the system. See if he can get in. He so, knows some of these players. Are we all in agreement that, that we're probably not having a coaching change until the offseason, though? Potentially? Yeah, no, absolutely. 100%. I, I, I hope it happens within now, the bye week. If, I hope it happens. Like, I mean, I would never wish this on my team, but let, let's let say, I mean, and I know that we, I mean, we, we've, it's been established in this podcast from the, from the very first episode talking about the season that most of us are in agreement that when NYCFC plays at home in either Yankee or City, they come out with wins at a very high clip. And if they're not winning, they're usually drawing. We usually don't drop all the points at home. Um, we, we do, we're not defeated at home very often at all. But in a theoretical situation, if we lose this game against Orlando on the road, and, and now we are in a, on a five-game losing streak, and we come back and play that first game at City to Philadelphia, and we lose. And then who, who, do, we play, who do we play after Philadelphia? Do we, do we, are, we, are we home again still? Cincinnati at Yankee. Cincinnati Stadium. at Yankee. Let's say let's say we let's say we drop those two games at Yankee, uh, the game at City and the game at Yankee after losing to Orlando, and we're sitting on a seven-game losing streak. Seven, it'd be seven, right? Yeah, it'd be it'd be a seven-game losing seven. streak. Do you think something happens if we if if it gets that bad? He no, no. He, no he he has to be fired after Orlando. I'm sorry, he has to be fired. He shouldn't even okay, see. Billy. So we, we know we we're know about we know we know we're, we're not talking about what's going to happen. We're talking about what's going to happen. The answer is no. Okay, so so we're so okay. So Christian says even if we're on a seven game losing streak, 
no firing. Dobby thinks he'll get fired. Uh, uh, Barney, what do you what do you think? Barney, what do you think it, happens it, it, if if we go on a seven game losing streak potentially? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it will take like a real hammering, kind of like what Dobby's saying. Like, I don't want us to lose at all. I definitely don't want us to lose three or four nil. I definitely don't want to lose three or four nil when I'm there. But I mean, I think it. That's I think that's all it takes. I think that's how close it is. I think it's going to take like a real uh, pummeling by any team. I think we, if we lost three nil Orlando, I think sadly Nick could be gone. Um, I yeah. So if we so if we keep limping around and only losing one nil, two one, like one goal, one goal losses, two goal losses, you don't think that anything happens? You think they kind of give, yeah? Give him I, think, the I think yeah. You, 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 yeah, you'll get to a point. I think there'll be a, a certain level of like six, seven games in a row, and then yeah, they'll have to go and take one of the other coaches and make them interim head coach or whatever. Um, until they can find a suitable replacement. The names who have mentioned just now, like Tata Martino, like they're great names. Domey, I'd have Domey back. Um, but Frank yeah. Lampard, Patrick Vieira, no, not Lampard, not Lampard. Pirlo, Vieira. Is Pirlo no. currently coaching? Vieira, no. Uh, sorry, Vieira, yeah, but not not Pirlo. I mean, he he does have one season with Juve under his belt. Yeah, and he lost the whole locker room. They all turned against him and played terribly, which is what I suspect is sadly happening for for Nick. I just don't. I think my my only guess is that there's such a cultural difference between him and the majority of the squad that there's no connection there. Because um, even some of the coaching staff are British or European, I just suspect that there's there's no connection there with the players, and he's there's no link where they're managing to click and be motivated. I think I think if if he loses against Orlando and you let him keep going, Cincy, Philly, two L's, that's two games too late. He should be fired after Orlando. He shouldn't see Philly. He should be fired. On the firing pushing, the only issue that I'm not saying I don't want it to happen because at this point, I think yesterday was the nail in the coffin for me personally. He's never going to recover from that. Um, the issue is, is that not even if he wins MLS Cup this year. Chill the fuck out. Hold up. Time out. Slow the fuck down. Um, he said he never recover, and I asked the question. The answer. We're not. We're not winning the MLS Cup this year. Get Just that out an, of here. Answer, answer the hypothetical. What hypothetical? Your hypothetical is fucking stupid. I'm not answering stupid questions. So, um, you know, the issue that we have with firing a manager halfway through the season is that. And this goes into my MLS fucking criticism earlier. Our job, the NYCFC job, isn't as fucking attractive as one might think. This isn't a prestigious, storied club with a hundred years of history that people are dying to fucking manage at. It's just not. Think about who our managers have been before. Uh, uh, Jamie Craig. <laughs> um, uh uh, Patrick Vieira, who was managing a literal academy before he came here. Uh, Dome Torrent, who was an assistant coach and hadn't managed a, never managed top flight before and hadn't managed a club in, that, like himself in over a decade. Uh, Ronnie Dyla, who was, uh, despite having success at Celtic, was kind of uh, pushed to the side as being what, what, like, like kind of 
not a lot of players liked him that much. And, uh, and also they, they kind of underachieved, like as far as like cup performance was concerned. And then, uh, and now this guy who coached the women's game, none of those, none of those managers that I mentioned before have any discernible history, like with managing top, top flight football, like to any like reputable degree. Jason Christ won a fucking MLS Cup with RSL in what 2011, 2012? Worse. So that's the thing. Like, like you need to have, you need to make sure that you have your replacement lined up before you even pull the trigger. And on top of that, there's no fucking guarantee that you can even find a viable replacement. That's the issue. And and then like if you do fire him just to make an example out of him, then you're stuck with. Um, like, like, listen. I don't want to like. Iverson, I don't want Bartogan. I don't want to talk shit about anybody on our coaching staff because there's guys on our coaching staff that that I like and respect. But like, I'm sorry. Like, Rob Bartogan has no fucking uh, ha- managing experience at all, and has only been like was, was used to be a, a goalkeeper coach, then graduated to set piece coach. Now he's finally an assistant coach. Um, Cleberson, same story, like really like nothing to speak of. Medi Bellucci, again, nothing much to speak of. And there's no, there's no, I don't see any proof that this team can promote from within at this point and, uh, and be okay. Like still, like, like it could happen. I wouldn't count on it happening. I wouldn't bet on it happening. I wouldn't even think it would happen. I'd hope, but that's about it. Um, so there's a big issue with firing your, your manager, like mid season, like, and why it's like not really as easy as, as, as it sounds. It might sound, that might sound funny to somebody. It's not, it's not easy. It's not easy to fire somebody. I mean, yeah, that part's easy, but what about the rest of the staff? The replacement part what, 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 what about finding a replacement that like you believe can truly like elevate the club to the next level? Even if you do do that, how do you guarantee that the players buy into the system of new of the new coach? Uh, it's just there's a lot of variables out here, a lot of dynamics that, that are in play. You're talking about a locker room full of 20 plus humans who are all probably very very fucking frustrated right now and and want to and, and and need to find a way out. And you know, like yeah, just it, it's not it's not it's not that attractive of a job, and it's also a job that's kind of set up to fail from the outside looking in. I don't think so, but someone else abroad might think so. Do you think that Cushing's lost the, lo- the locker room? Yes, 100%. Yeah, he's absolutely lost it. Absolutely. How do, how, how do you not lose the locker room after a run of form like this? This is the second time he's lost it in like eight months. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like we we've had the Santi and Maxi like argument on the field, and now we have Chano and Talis. I, I wish I would. I wish I it's had happened st- twice under him. I wish I had stats. I want to know is is it what's the longest what's the longest losing streak this club has ever been on? I, I, I should have looked it up to. I oh, to eleven or twelve games in twenty fifteen. That was oh, no, yeah. was that winless or losing though? Uh, winless, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Draws are draws are a semi positive result. You still get a point. I'm talking about straight up losing because. I mean, we're on a four-game. I can't. I can't remember ever losing this many games in a row. I mean, granted, the U.S. Open Cup is mixed in there, so it's not MLS play, but it's still our our organization took an L. We lost. There, there was a stat. I think he's like we only lost three games in a row, like once, 
before uh, August 2022, and we've lost three games in a row under Nick Cushing in like in MLS. eight months yeah. in MLS, which is like, how? Like, what the fuck? I mean, there's undulations during an MLS season. Like we're st- we're st- we're in May, um, and we're we're ha- we're really struggling to get results on the road. Um, I just if we if we come back at home and get two and get and get three wins, say we win all of our games at home. I don't want it. I want I don't want us winning at home to erase like the the the, the monstrosity that is our road form. Like does, does that make sense? Like I don't I don't want. I don't want us to potentially lose against Orlando and then come home and beat Philly, beat Cincy, and then whoever else we play after. I mean, who else should we play after that? Philly, Cincy, and then the Revs. The Revs are at home as well. Um, um, Joe, we, uh, we've, we're we on the worst losing streak of the club's history. I've just looked. We're on the we've way. lost... Yeah, worst losing streak in the club's history. We've lost four games in a row twice, but never five. Okay, so if if we lose at Orlando, it'll officially be the worst losing streak in this history of this club. The yeah, fact, we look. I, I, I went. I went. Yeah, I went back and look. We've lost three in a row, two times in one month, under this fucking British piece of shit clown, who has no fucking management no management skills at all. Yeah, but I mean, if, if we lose against Orlando, but then beat Philly, beat Cincy, beat the Revs. I mean, these are all ifs. But like now, that's a three game win streak after a five hey. after a five game losing streak. Can we chill with like the anti-British like like shit? Like when we have a Brit on the on the pod, like, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but still, like English coaches are not good. It, the only exception of Eddie Howe, like or, or Wayne Rooney, like other than that, they're they're, they're pretty fucking horrid. Like I mean, I, track I, I'd argue himself. that Wayne Rooney isn't anything to write home about. I mean, I, I I think that he's kind of riding the coattails of his of his popularity as a player. He's not. I don't really rate him much as a manager. He's still very young into his managerial career. He's only he's only, he's only been, manager, been a manager for a couple seasons, right? Since maybe for the yeah. past four, four seasons or so. I mean, he's he's riding his popularity from what, of what he was as a player. He's not really a top level manager, which is why he's in MLS didn't begin with. Yeah, I mean, still, but come on, like, but you can't. I mean, isn't, you, Will, you, isn't you Will still British? Huh? Isn't Will still British? I know he's got like Belgian citizenship, but I'm pretty sure Will still is British. Yeah, he is. Oh, this is fucking miserable, man. Uh, I mean, I, I went back and watched the replay of the goal. Um, it looks as if a, a, a nice ball gets played. So this, although it's not going to technically be classified as a set-piece goal, this this goal does come from a throw-in in, deep in our zone. Uh, starts on the right-hand side, finds its way to the middle, and then, I, don't, I can't even tell who this is, but he plays a nice, uh, he splits Tavon and uh, Gabi. And gets the ball to or no, sorry, it deflects off of so he splits them, but it hits off of uh, off of Tavon's foot, bounces back to the middle to Omir Fernandez. Omir Fernandez is exactly at the top of the arc of the 18-yard box, takes a right-footed shot, pretty central to Barraza, and just it has pace on it. It dips, and I mean Barraza's from where the shot is coming from, he's he's a little bit high off his line. I mean, it just finds the back of the net. I mean, and, I mean that's I mean I. I'm not willing to put the entirety of the blame on on Tavon Gray for uh, for having a, a like a, just a, a wayward touch of the ball going falling right to Omir Fernandez. Um, I'm willing to uh, have Barraza shoulder some of the blame for not being properly positioned and not even getting a 
a finger on the on the on the on the shot, which was pretty central. It wasn't like he had to stretch out to the right or to the left. Um, and I guess this also raises the question: After I mean, granted, granted, we lost the US Open Cup game, but uh, should Matt Freese start seeing some MLS action in soon? I know, I know, uh, I know, Christian is in is in uh, the corner that, regardless of what happens uh, in, in MLS play that Barraza is going to be the starter um, for the remainder of the season. But it, it begs the question that could, could there potentially be an, a situation where, where uh, Matt Fries gets, starts to get some time during MLS play. What, uh, what do we think about the goalkeeper situation? Let's start with Barney. Maybe not. I don't think I'm not sure really where to start. Um, for me, I don't think any of the keepers are experienced enough. I don't think any of them... I, I think that's the reason why Fries was, you know, a reserve as well. I know he was behind a great... Well, probably one of the best keepers in the league, but still. Um, I, I, I think we just need to... We actually need to sign. I think there's two signings we need to make, and that's goalkeeper and striker. Argue goalkeeper over left center back or back of eight. Yeah, I think that that's a hundred percent. I think that's the two two pivotal positions that that are glaringly like painful for me. Who backs up the new keeper, Barraza or Freeze? Freeze. Get get Barraza out. Barraza's USL at best, personally. So, I agree. So that that would mean that would mean that in the off season, I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not even sure when what Barraza's contract runs until, um, like cause a that, long time. Yeah, because that would that would mean that we'd have to. I mean, we would have to cut him essentially. We'd have to cut the like just end the contract and pay him out or or, or whatever to. Could, they won't do that. Him, I guess they'll put they'll put him on the on the transfer list and and hope someone comes in for him. Yeah, but like, or we could just tra- or we could just train him for some gar- garbage bucks. Yeah, but I can't even see any other team in MLS taking him because I mean I don't, I don't I mean I guess I don't I don't I, I try to watch MLS as much as possible. But I can't I can't even think of another MLS team that is in this desperate need of a goalkeeper that they would take a shot on Luis Braza, especially seeing from the sample size that he has a, a tremendously hard time keeping clean sheets. Um, like I mean like that's like the most telling stat of a goalkeeper is that, oh he has a, a a ton of a ton of clean sheets like like Johnson did last year and. We're we're having a, a a stupid hard time keeping keeping the ball out of our own net, um, so I can't I can't even see someone else picking him up. I I legit think that like it would be. I mean, I, can we are we allowed to have sales to to teams in in a in like whatever the was it USL Pro, USL? Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, can sell players to anyone to USL. Yeah, I, mean, I guess. I think I think we we shipped off a uh, Poku to like NASL, whatever it was at the time. Miami FC for eight hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, which is a yeah, nice yeah. price. Just, yeah, we, yeah, we could we could sell them to like the a vi- USL team. The vibe on this show would just have been would have been so much different had we won this match. And once I saw once I saw our lineup and saw who was playing at fullback, and I saw their lineup, and I was like, they have so many guys out injured. Like this is not a full strength lineup. They don't even have they, they they started they, on the bench were Corey Burke and and uh 
Manuel, the, the other striker that they signed. No Van Zier. They, they trot out Tom Barlow out there who scored like 12 goals in 100 appearances. He doesn't score goals at all. And then at, uh, at 68 minutes is when they finally made the change to take off Barlow and bring on Burke. And I thought that Burke gave us a lot of problems when he came on. With his, with his strength and his size and just the way he plays, he was a lot more effective than Barlow was. He, Barlow was like practically invisible when he was on the field. He he also gave us problems in the last two games that we played Philadelphia before getting traded. He scored in both games. Yeah. I was, I was, he, he probably – didn't he have a nice shot on, on goal that uh, I, I definitely thought was going in? Um, oh no! You know what it was? Is it, I think it, I think it popped up on him, and he didn't. And he didn't. Hit he, it. he he tried to he tried to do a little bit too much dribbling, and Chano got yeah. got just enough on it. And then Fernandez scores at seventy six. Oh, and then I mean, I guess now is a good time to ever let's talk about. So, uh, I, Cushing decides to make one substitution in this match, and it's at the 89th minute, right before nine minutes of stoppage time, Fuck. and it's a takeoff. Like, Andres Jason is the guy he turns to. He's he, like, he, he, I feel like he's looking at the subs like he would look at a McDonald's menu back home. Like, mm, no, nah, I'll just take the Jason. The Jason will do it for the day. He takes off Ledesma and brings on Andres Jason. Now, I realize that none of us, and I don't think any of us on this podcast, rate Matias Pellegrini, but Pellegrini's gotten starts for this club through the first third of this season. And he looks over at the bench and decides that bringing on Andres Jason as a central role was a good idea over bringing on someone like Matias Pellegrini or subbing on a more attacking-minded Elenic or, a, or a, even, I mean, I guess O'Toole, O'Toole had a pretty good match. I mean, it, it, he got forward a lot. Defensively, he was a little bit of a liability, but he got forward a lot, did some stuff. I mean, I, I talked about in the space, I don't think that his left foot is good enough for him to be a left fullback. Um, but uh, he, tried, he tried to start... He tried to start some attacks. Yeah, I mean, he got forward. He did something. I mean, he's just not quite fast enough, but to like break out and, and run past people. But still, like, I'm looking at the like the like. Okay, like obviously we're not going to bring on Justin Hack because Justin Hack's like a defensive substitution. Um, we're not going to bring on Alfaro because why? Why are we? Why are we going to bring on a, a defender when we're chasing? When we're chasing? What, what, what about trotting out Gabe Seagull? Yeah, with, I mean, like, Seagull. Seagull's a decent. What about throwing Mitra? What about throwing Mitra Ilinich in there yeah, to Mitra, give you yeah. our spark? As a matter of fact, like like that's one of the reasons why I didn't wholesale agree, disagree with starting Tavon Gray because having a guy like Mitchy Illinich who you can turn to like in the sixty fifth minute is nice to have if you can get the job done for the first sixty five minutes. In fact, that's that's what that's what I was expecting from Cushing. I was or, expecting uh, him around the sixtieth minute to sub in Mitchell Illinich for Tavon Gray, and me me and Buckley were watching the game in the Discord, and we were like, and, "Why why hasn't he made any subs at like the sixty third? And you could say the same thing about Kuf Frey as well. There's Several people who we could have turned to, and this goes back into why I thought, uh, I, why, why he's definitely lost the locker room. In my opinion. Could you imagine being on that bench and seeing you down in a local derby match, a rivalry match, one nil in the 89th minute, and he has to make a change, and uh, and then he calls upon one change, and then leaves everybody else to kind of just you know just sit there and watch the, the rest of the game like from the benches. Like, could you imagine? Like, like, like how you would feel as a player? Yeah. It's not like we're devoid of talent on that bench either. It's not like there's players on there who haven't produced or haven't done well for us in the past. Like, really? On top of that, Glenn Crooks, I think, talked about earlier this week that Micha Alenik was actually classically trained as a winger before being transitioned back to fullback. So why why not take off one of the attacking uh, attacking forward three and bring on Micha as a more attacking-minded, like an out-and-out winger. I mean, he's shown 
he's shown so far through the season that he 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 can do stuff. He can he can dribble. He can he can dribble with speed. He can serve in a good ball. He can probably have a, a decent shot on frame. Like I'm not saying take off Gabby Pereira, but I mean Santiago Rodriguez wasn't really doing a whole lot this game. Talos Magno I've, wasn't doing a whole lot this game. I've seen enough from this club. Like I don't doubt that Mitri Ilanich could probably have an effect on like one of those attacking positions. However, I don't necessarily want to see it after we've already been playing positional musical chairs uh, with a lot of players to minimal success. I'd much rather not fuck up Mitri Ilanich too. So I mean, I, I nice. agree. But when you're down one zero in a derby with 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 uh, I mean we were we got we went down with uh, twenty minute um, yeah like twenty five minutes no twenty minutes seventy five eighty five minutes. 15, 20 minutes left in the game. I mean, at that at that moment, I'm gonna I'm throwing shit at a wall and hoping something sticks. I mean, because I, I, you got to find a way to, yeah, to but equalize. But you don't even necessarily need to throw him at like at a winger position, like or an advanced position, or for him to have an effect in the game. You can put him in as a fucking out and out fullback. You can make a like like swap with with Gray right there, and I think it still makes a difference. I think it still gives you like a nice like, little spark down that side. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, I mean, a great, I mean, yeah, I guess when you're down 1-0, what, what, what does it matter if you lose 2-0? I mean, because, I mean, not a Lennox, a bad, it wouldn't be a bad option at, at, at wing back, but, I mean, his, I, the one thing that Tavon has over him is that Tavon is a better defender. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. And not by, I wouldn't even say by much. Not by much, not by much, no, no, not by much. I just think Tavon has been in the system a little bit longer, so he's he's got that stock to him. He can shield a little bit better. He's stronger. I mean, that, that's just that's about it. That's about the only thing that I can that I, I'd give Tavon over 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 Micha. I, I I would take Micha hands down every day, seven days a week. I would I would take him as as the right fullback over Tavon. But um, and then even if even if you move O'Toole up and draw and, and bring in Kufre, like I, I don't I don't know. There was so many there's so many op, there's so many options out there other than just using one sub and it being Jason. There's so many different scenarios that he could have went with, but he went with the option of. I'm not going to sub until 89, and it's going to be Andres Jason for Richie Ledesma. The thing is, I don't even have a problem that Andres Jason came in in this game. I think Gio made the suggestion. I think this would have been a perfect game for some dark arts. Yeah, by throwing in Jason and maybe like the 60th minute and having him go out there and run towards players who were already on yellows and just and cause some fouls and cause some chaos. I actually, I, I don't disagree with putting Jason on the pitch, uh, uh, like on this game, like. Like at all, I have I have an issue with the fact that that change didn't come until the 89th minute, or 90th minute maybe. I don't even know which minute, 89th or 90th. Which one did it come in? The sub um, 89th. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's my problem. And it was it was the only change that he made. It sends a bad message to the players on the bench, and it sent it sends a fucking message to the players already in the pitch that this guy doesn't have a fucking clue what he's doing. He has no fucking idea. He tried it out a lineup. He tried it out, uh, a tactic, and it didn't work. And he didn't make the necessary adjustments to, you know, like, like to even try. Now, listen, if you make adjustments and it fucks up, you know, you know, like fucking so be it. But I mean, like down one nil at set in the seventy fifth minute, and you still haven't made a change. Like, you've, like seventy fifth minute is way too long. Like, like if he had made his first change, then I still would have think it's too late. I think in the six, I think you need to start thinking about changes in like the sixtieth on. Yeah, sixty sixty five probably to make an influence on the game. In a nil-nil game, yeah, 60-65 seems like a good time to make a change. Red Bull had already made several changes oh, by yeah. that point. Yeah, their, their first subs was a double was a double swap, and then their next one was a single, so I was like, okay, they've used three subs already in two windows. It's just another reason why we need to fire this guy. All right, so... 
I mean, it's just it's it's another derby loss. It's it's another chance for the, the the red fucks across the river to have bragging rights on us until September. So now we have to, we have to hear their shit from now until fucking the next derby. Um, and which we'll probably smash them five nil, and we'll forget about this. Yeah, I mean, it just it. We just we want we just want to win. We want to be successful. We want to win. Uh, I'm not saying we have to win every game, but like this four game losing streak is particularly stressful and telling. Uh, we just need to get back on on the right foot. Um, and I, I mean, Orlando's not high in the standings. Um, we 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 uh, we'll talk about it more in the preview episode, but. Uh, we, we also we we, we 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 notoriously lose there. Yeah, we're uh, we don't have a good record going into Orlando. We're uh, two wins. Ball's not high in the fucking standings either. Two wins, four losses, four draws. Um, down down in Orlando. So I mean, we we we're pretty much identical records except more. We have more losses to Rebel because we played them more, but um, we don't do well. well. They're they're about to get their third win. Yeah. Orlando away day <laughs> is, is a typical is a typically a rough day. Um. Was there any was I mean I know we've we've talked a lot about everything that was bad was there was there any any bright spot in this game that brought a little bit of joy and, and, and excitement and happiness no. to any of us? No, no. I'm gonna, can I be honest? I think both teams played like shit. They just got lucky off that shot. There was That's not a it. bright spot, not a single one. There's nothing positive to take from this result at all. There's nothing you can take home and say, "Well, we did this and we did this, and we did that." No. How do you guys feel about Cushing's post game, uh, post game quote saying that we that we need we just need to have patience, 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 blah 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 blah. Coach, no. coach speak. I, I agree. With, no. I agree with what Christian's going to say, so I'll let him say it. What am I going to say? What you tweeted out on Twitter. I want. I, want, I just want to let you. Uh, you should say it. Well, the thing is, well, I mean, he said he takes full responsibility for the loss, and I'm like, well, then take full responsibility and resign. Yeah, but I mean that's not gonna, that. that's, but that's not going to happen. No. So, um, that so I'm not going to espouse that because I'm just it's it's one of those things. It's like it, it, it was just like it's like the U.S. Open Cup to me. Why do I give a fuck when the team doesn't give a fuck? So why should I give a fuck uh, about Cushing doing what, in my opinion, would be the right thing to do and resigning immediately? Uh, but he's not going to do that. So I'm not going, I'm not really going to touch too much upon that. Uh, he did say one thing that uh, um, I, I sort of agree with, in which he said that we get into positions and we just don't score. And I agree with that. But they're like, it's not like it's not like a lot of these players are incapable of scoring. It's just it's it's bad fucking. I swear to God, they don't work on any fucking like final third training like during the week. Like 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 because like what I'm seeing is just like. I didn't even know who was playing where, like, like, like most of the time. Like, we, we have no idea. We have no clue what to do. We, we, we have to figure it out from there. And that's poor coaching. I mean, I guess the bright spot could be that we didn't concede a goal from a free kick or a corner kick. But I mean, I'd still argue that, a throw in, that this throw-in play was a set piece because if you look – after the ball is thrown in, everyone seems to kind of check out like we do during every set piece. You just mentally check off, turn off, pause, um, and then uh, the throw in the ball ends up centrally and then the ball ends up in the back of the net because like, it just it seems like a, a cancer to this club that we tend to turn our, our brains off and stop playing for a couple seconds and it tends to 
come back and really hurt us. Um, I guess another, I, I, another positive I, is that no one got a red card suspension because we do typically get some red cards versus Red Bull, so we don't have any red card suspensions. Uh, what were we going to say? So can we get fucking can we get Santi's fire back? He played much better when he was a fucking hothead and collecting yellow cards. Can we can we get back to that Santi again? I mean, he was a little bit of a hothead. You see him slam the ball after he was upset that that, that a play didn't, that the player crawled back on the pitch after he got hurt. Um, to, to kind of delay uh, delay a throw-in from happening. Yeah, Andres, Andres Reyes is a fucking wanker for that. Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. Like, I'm talking about, like, actually being, like, an instigator and an actual, like, antagonist. On Getting the yellows. Like, I need a fucking villain on this team. That's what this team needs Chino. more than anything. Chanel's <laughs> hey, not even a villain. I don't think he's got that in him. Um, Every match he gets booed by the opposing team. Well, just, that's just because he, he, he knows gamesmanship and he knows how to, like, to stay down when, like, like late in the game when you're it's the up. the dark or, arts. Yeah, but but he doesn't like particularly. Like, I don't think like any players like fear going up against Maxime Chanel like, like, like the same way that like defenders didn't like couldn't fucking stand Tati Castellanos. Tati Castellanos was like universally hated among like MLS clubs and fans. Like like, like Chanel's not like most people don't even know Chanel's name. Like it just we we need an antagonist on this team. Santi was I think and I think Santi would have been the perfect guy to do that, but I feel like we've kind of neutered him. I feel like we chopped his balls off a little bit. <laughs> what do you guys think about Ted Uncle's decision to blow the game dead when we were supposed to be awarded another corner? Typical I'm, typical I, fucking call going their way. Not that I mean I I can't say that we were gonna score on it, but we were awarded another corner and he decided to blow it dead. I, I, I seem like that's a source of uh, controversy on Twitter right now, so I thought I'd bring it up. It's pro. That's all I got to say about that. Just we have a very decisions, and we've seen refereeing decisions in our derbies be terrible before, like the classic throwing corner yeah. mess up. Dobby, what does pro stand for again? I forget. Probably will ruin the game. <laughs> Probably ruin the. It doesn't stand for that. But it's... <laughs> It's not an anagram. It's not a, it's not, it's, Shut up, Christian. Uh, Deal with it. Probably ruin the What's outcome. P R O. Probably ruin outcome. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, acronym. Let, let, yeah, let, an acronym. Let, yeah. Let's go around and give our final thoughts on the 25th edition of the Hudson River Derby 1 0 loss at Red Bull, New Jersey. Let's start with the guest, uh, someone who flew thousands of miles from Pompey, Portsmouth, England to watch his first away day. Derby at Red Bull. We're sorry that this was the result, but let, let, give your final thoughts on uh, on this match. Yeah, look, I mean, in spite of the form and all that kind of stuff, I thought the game was just pretty terrible. <laughs> um, it's not like Red Bulls outplayed us in a, in any miracle way. It's not like it was four five nil or like a one nil where they had like twenty shots to like one of ours. Um, it was just a game of two teams that look a bit unmotivated, undriven, loss of devoid of ideas. Um, you know, maybe this could be the final. Something has to change, whether it be Nick, whether it be the philosophy of how they're setting up. I don't know, but yeah, sadly, um, not a, not a great game to watch, but a fantastic day. Um, thank you to everyone that was. Um, like saying hello yesterday, obviously met yourselves yesterday. Um, thanks to Joe for looking after me. Um, and yeah, hopefully we get some revenge tonight at the MLS next game. 
Yep. Shout out to MLS uh, to NYCFC two. We will be at the uh, adopted the Hudson River Derby Junior Derby. <laughs> um it's uh it's at montclair state tonight at 7 p.m uh but barney and i will be heading over there soon um hopefully there, hopefully there are some other nycc fans who are still licking their wounds who are going to go out there and support the boys i wouldn't be half surprised if andres jason is in the starting lineup um because he is a mls next pro level player um the only other thing sorry i'll add in there is apologies to anyone that saw me when i was at my most uh yeah my, my, <laughs> my most intoxicated last night um, I hope you enjoyed me running around like an idiot, but equally, yeah, apologies. <laughs> Davi, final thoughts. Both teams play like absolute shit. They got a stroke of luck. Uh, deflected goal. Shit, 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 shit. That's that. Those are my thoughts. Those are get, get cushing out, cushing out of here, man. It's, I, I'm gonna say it. Again. I hope he gets smacked in Orlando no. just so Cushing can get out. No. Yes, I want Cushing out of here. If it, if it me if it's better for my mental health, I'll I'll fucking take it, man. And the, the the best thing is that thank God we don't play next weekend. It's a break for us. We don't yeah. have to deal with this maybe, bullshit. Maybe they can figure out the final third during that week off. Christian, final or, thoughts. Or or they could fire Cushing. <laughs> The first time I have ever, I have absolutely nothing to fucking say. Uh, the only thing I will say is that I hope it gets better. It's, a, it's the hope that kills you. Well, it's all I got. I'm a sports <laughs> fan. My final thoughts, I'm watching the highlights of the, of the game, and I didn't realize it, but Nick Cushing is wearing a polo, but it's Lacoste, and has no NYCFC stuff on. And that... Uh, it, it, uh, for people who deep read in the stuff, that that's uh, I mean, I, I can see Troy Lazen or whatever the fuck his name is is wearing a suit, so you're not going to wear a Red Bull suit. But if you're just wearing a polo to a game and you're the head coach of a team, I would I would kind of assume you to be wearing uh, stuff that is, I, is a club. That you I don't think that's anything to read into. Pep Guardiola constantly wears, like you saw earlier, turtlenecks and Stone Island merch and rubbish like that. So I think that's just a, a decision on him. Yeah, but I, feel like he, I, I feel like he usually wears NYCFC stuff on the touchline for the most part. But it's just telling to me that I'm looking at a, a paused video of him wearing a black Lacoste shirt, but a, a polo button up or whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, losing a happy derby. Mother's Day to all the mothers. Yeah, happy 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 Mother's to Day to any any mothers that are that are uh, any of the listeners' mothers or any mothers that listen to this podcast. Um, happy Mother's Day. I hope you enjoyed your day. It's a beautiful weather outside in New York, New Jersey area. Um, so enjoy your day. Um, and losing derbies fucking sucks. Like it's, it's, it's bracket. I mean, now that there's, we're down to two matches a year. So it's hard. I mean, it's hard to, uh, it, since they, if, since they won this, leg, if we win the next leg, then who, the, how, who, how, how do you decide who wins the, the derby for the year? Um, and I want more derbies. Like it, it's a, it's a really fun time. I mean, I mean so that the, it wasn't game related or it was game related, but the, the best time I had <laughs> this game was, was hanging out for three hours at, at the tailgate uh, behind the stadium with the third rail um, and, and other supporters. That was a really fun time. Um, it would have been a lot more fun. This would have been a, mu- a much greater memory if, if we had come out with the, uh, with a positive result. Um, but I'm not going to stop supporting this club. Um, and I'm going to watch every away game. I'm going to, I'm going to go to try to go to every home game. Um, I love this club. Uh, and I just, I want better. I want better for us. I want better for this podcast. I want to, I want better content. I want 
better feelings at, at post match. Like for the, I mean, for the last four four matches, post game is just miserable. Like I hate I hate losing. I hate it. Um, and with this what this club has done in, in the past in, in the, since its inception, we've progressively gotten better. One been to the pinnacle, been to the mountaintop, won won an MLS Cup championship, and now that's the expectation. The expectation is to compete for championships. And right now, this club is not in a position to do that, and it hurts because we have we haven't been in this position in in, in a while um, since um, probably pre two thousand nineteen was the last time that we weren't really in contention for winning things. Um, but I just we need better, whether it's better coaching or better players or better tactics or I don't I don't know what it is, but it has to get better because it can't get much worse. And if it does get worse, then there's going to be wholesale changes. Coaching out finally, if it gets worse. We will see you guys in a couple days. Um, hopefully, we'll have, we'll have shaken off this loss and we'll give you a, a proper preview of, of Orlando away. Um, and then hopefully next, uh, hopefully on Thursday when we re- when we record our our review episode or Thursday or Friday, whenever. I hope it's a fucking win because I want to be happy again. This fucking sucks. Losing sucks. I hate it. I hate recording after a loss. It sucks. We're all miserable. It sucks. So even though Newark is red. New York will and continue to be always blue. Thank you for listening. Happy Mother's Day.